And once dance came, I just just take my attention. Mm. Well, I tried the second time. Please, teacher, I would like to join the dance group. No, Karim, it's not possible. <laughs> and I already told you no. Okay, so I went directly. I didn't give up. That's my family effect. Never give up. So I went directly to the professor, or the teacher, and I. In that time, we called him captain or choreographer. So. Hello everyone, you're listening to the Baladins Live podcast. I'm your host Jana Komarnitska and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Baladins art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, a meeting place for committed dance enthusiasts of all levels. Most of our members shared that the club helped them to improve consistency in their training, meet new dance friends, and discover various topics through hundreds of different tutorials. This is definitely a belly dance training that becomes a lifestyle. Learn more at yanadanceclub.com, link in the show notes, or simply visit yanadanceclub.com and try for 7 days for free. Announcing our today's guest literally gives me goosebumps. What a pleasure it was to meet so generous teacher and artist, as well as amazing and very kind person, Karim Gad. Karim is Egyptian master teacher, co-founder and co-director of Bell Mastery Dance Company based in Paris, France. Since childhood, his curiosity about the art led him to discover and study the art of singing, music, poetry, percussion, acting and of course, dance. He was a solo dancer, coach, and choreographer at the official troupe of the Egyptian Ministry of Youth, solo dancer at Egyptian National Theatre, member of the teacher team in Tawasol Foundation of Arts, choreographer for Dramatic Arts Graduation Project in the Egyptian Academy of Arts. Karim had his Bachelor of Arts and History of the Civilizations of Ancient and Modern Near East and did a lot of researches for the Egyptian folkloric heritage and oriental dance. Also, he wrote and composed a lot of successful tracks for the oriental community that many of you would recognize and probably have danced. And this is just a brief summary of all his activities and contributions. In our today's episode, you will learn about the very beginning of his story in arts, his journey in arts, and how he got involved specifically in dance activities, Karim's years at the troupe of the Egyptian Ministry of Youth, his interesting path of combining activities in Egyptian folklore dancing as well as contemporary dance field, his transition from Egypt to France, And, of course, we talked also a lot about not just dance, but his music activities and even the concept of new classical songs. And just the same way I gave you a very brief introduction to his uh, life achievements, the same way I gave you right now just a very brief description of what you actually will hear in this episode. I'm extremely happy we have recorded this interview. This interview happened live during Rocks of Course Festival in Cairo. We were recording in between workshops and other activities, literally sitting in the lobby of the hotel. So you will hear in this case, in the case of this interview, you will hear some background uh, noises of dancers coming in and out of the workshop, sometimes music playing from the classrooms at some point, and some other activities of people around us. But I really hope that it will only add to this conversation and only will create the feel that you are sitting right there, right with us, uh, maybe with a cup of coffee or cappuccino and enjoying this uh, very interesting and very insightful chat with Karim Gad. And after you listen to it, don't forget to screenshot, share with your friends, tag 
us on social media. I always like to see who our listeners are. I love to reshare your stories. I also love to hear what exactly which points uh, got you maybe surprised or you discovered something new or just you felt something is relatable or familiar to you. So share whatever you feel. Don't forget to let your dance friends know about this interview. And on this note, enjoy the episode. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles. Open for Raksharki and Fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. Hello, Karim. Welcome to the Belladance Life podcast. I am really happy to meet you in person, to personally also attend your workshops, but also have a chance to take some time during Rux of Course Festival to carve one each hour to talk and to record this interview because... Uh, you are one of the artists that has been on my mind for such a long time and I'm so happy that finally we uh, get an opportunity to feature you on the Belly Dance Life podcast so thank you so much for accepting the invitation well thank you as well thank you so much uh, it's, it's great to, um, to have this kind of podcast sharing about art and about dance and it's my pleasure to be with you and I hope that Everything will be good, <laughs> and the auditors are gonna get a good, interesting time listening oh. to our podcast. <laughs> I'm absolutely sure in that. I usually start; it's a free flow conversation, but I usually start like asking people, oh, "How dance entered your life?" But I kind of feel it may be interesting to start slightly differently with you because you are from Egypt. Dance is part of your culture since childhood. But you're not just from Egypt, you're also from a very special area of Egypt. Yes. And I have impression that that fact, it might have even influenced your dance and approach to dance. So would you mind sharing a little bit about uh, where exactly in Egypt you're from? What's special about this area for people who may not know? And, uh, and then how actually dance became part of your life? <laughs> okay, first of all, I, I born in Canada. But my family came from south, from Saidi department, precisely from Suhat. So, um, yeah, sure, your roots always affect you somehow. Even on your lifestyle, on your way of education. And if you can tell that dance wasn't in the top priority of the family. But um, there's somehow some, some forms some family forms, some family education that leads you to to choose what you want to do. I grew up with a strong mind, maybe, such as my family. So that's one of the affections that I can say that this, uh, the education I had was to be strong, to be responsible. And that helps me my choices later in dance. About how I get to dance and how dance gets to me, I will, I will just modify the, the word. I will say how I get to art. <laughs> because um, I entered school in Cairo. This school is an experimental language school, which is follow the English way of education, which is not a private school, it's a government school. But it has a special way in that time. To, to treat with all activities such as art, drawing, music, dance, everything. So all the activities was open and when there is a talent appears with much more than other students, they follow up with this talent, so they help also. And that's, that was the beginning. So five years old, uh, I entered school. And the very first beginning was with the music. I was one of the choral vocal parts. And then I somehow <laughs> I, I used to play percussions after. So it came also, there is a member in my family who was uh, very um, uh, attached to percussions. So I was seeing him playing all the time. 
and let's say that by seeing him playing and he taught me a bit, I get to do it. So the music firstly was was the, the main for me to enter the school Seattle. And here the magic begins. Mm. When you enter the school's theater, you attend to all the rehearsals that happens inside, which is um, theater, theatrical plays, dramas, music, and dance. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the story is a bit long. <laughs> I will try to make it shorter. <laughs> we have all the time in the universe. <laughs> so, and just to mention before continuing that my life was always in parallel. And my, my dance career even came in parallel. Everything I did, I did in parallel. So when I entered the music group and started playing music and then singing, and, and I saw that maybe I can do more. So I entered the kind of competition called the poetry competition, which is telling poetry on stage in Arabic literature. And another part of the competition was a melodrama. So you are acting what you are saying, but only with the face. Mm -hmm. Somehow I won three times the, the biggest prize of the competition. And during the time I was continuing playing music, doing poetry, and around 11 years old, the dance entered the school by one of the members of the third generation of Reda Troop. His name is Mahmoud He's I can consider it as my only teacher. Mm -hmm. So I went to um, one of my teachers and say, please, I want to join dance. And she told me, no, Kevin, it's not possible because you are already in three activities and it's not possible to join the fourth one. Otherwise, that will affect your studying time. Well, very disappointed, sitting and watching. I'm in the theater most of the time during rehearsals and playing music and with music lectures as well because we receive most of the time um, teachers and professors from the Arabic Institute of Music and they give us lecture about music, about the notes, about the history, about many things. And once dance came, I just, just take my attention. Mm. Well, I tried the second time. Please, teacher, I would like to join the dance group. No, Karim, it's not possible. <laughs> and I already told you no. Okay, so I went directly. I didn't give up. But that's my family effect. Never give up. So I went directly to the professor or the teacher. And I, in that time, we called him captain or choreographer. So I went to directly to him. I said, sir, you have only one boy in your group and the other members are girls mm. yeah smart entrance we would like that you have an, a second boy like this you can make a balance in, in your group you look at me like this you say you can dance i say just try me but there is one issue that you need to convince my teacher so he told me okay um just go back to the very last line and I will see if uh, if you deserve or if, if I can talk to your teacher now. I said okay and actually during my watching I was absorbing what he gave. I was learning mm. with, with, the, with this passion I, I go for dance I was learning so I found it very easy from the first beginning and after half an hour, he asked me to, to come to the front and he told me, okay, I will speak to your teacher. So he went and he spoke to, to my teacher and she agreed for sure. <laughs> and then I entered the, fir the very first uh, dancing group in the school. Mm -hmm. After we finished the gala of the end of the year, which uh, I participated in most of the gala with music, with, 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 with dance. He asked me to join his troupe, which is outside. I was very young. And the troupe was related to the Ministry of Youth. And here is where I grew up. 
Wow. I knew about your participation in the Ministry of Youth official too, but I didn't know that prior to that was a whole art school. Actually, your decision to join art school, was it something encouraged by your parents or was it your passion? Like you? It was my passion. Nobody in my family encouraged for art. <laughs> Nobody. And as I told you, I came from a family that the, the mind is, is not in dance or in art, it's in many other things. So it was completely my passion, it was completely me. And I, I can tell that I didn't enter to dance as much as dance entered to me. Because I was already in, in, in a very satisfying artistic uh, stuffs, artistic fields. Uh, I was playing music and I was already in, in inside art. But to make a step to dance, I felt that dance chose me somehow. But it's interesting that you mentioned about uh, uh, poetry competition that you entered because uh, during the workshop you mentioned that the song you were teaching to, first of all, it's your composition. Yes. And the lyrics you mentioned, it was written by you. So I was like, oh, that makes so sense. Like since childhood you were uh, passionate about different art forms, including poetry, and you compose not only music, you compose on the lyrics. Which music instruments uh, did you learn to play back then? Back then was the piano. But... <laughs> Uh, very firstly, I led the piano because I was, I loved percussions. So I was the main player of all, until now I can, I can play all percussion instruments, stop like that, okay, mm -hmm. right, whatever, I can play all of them. So I studied my, my studies in music was piano. And I, I could before read the notes, now no. <laughs> Uh, but I stopped piano for for percussions. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, but I guess like the background in general in music helps to uh, compose songs and compose. Sure, helped me so much. Everything happens in, in in my way to arrive today. Sitting with you had an effect every step, and I believe in this. Every lecture I had from a professor, if every my teachers of music was really passionate, was was in love with. Yeah. And when you have this kind of, it's like all the ways reacted together, and these equations came together, maybe to help me or to discover that I can be in this way. Mm -hmm. Somehow, I had two music teachers in the school, and one teacher came from outside, like every week or every two weeks. So I have three music teachers and three of them is really passionate. It's really in love with music. They make you love music. They are inside the music and even I remember very well my music teacher, the first one, was when she she, she lives, when she directs the orchestra, she lives the music. She is with us, with her, she, her veins are outside. Sometimes she cries, sometimes... It's, it's really, yeah, one of the major things that I can say that the, the atmosphere I was in. And otherwise, I had some talent to absorb learning and to create also the giving back. So, yes, I, I learned with them the, the maqams, which is very important which is a very big field, even now, if I had a knowledge, somebody else had a knowledge, it's very hard to have all the knowledge of maqams. It's very hard, even for the very professional group. So, I can say that I know maqam, but I know somehow how to help myself through music, and that's according to what I studied before. Yeah, that's so important, like, uh, especially... Yeah. 
at any age, but especially when young, like for children, teenagers, to get teachers who you see they're passionate in yes. what they teach in whatever subject, even like in schools, like, you know, you always remember that you know, history teacher that is, was crazy. You may not remember what he was teaching you, but you will remember the teaching his passion. Yeah, the passion, I, I think it's one of the most important things to to make you live. And, and then I was very easy to fall in love with the art. So. Well, coming back to your story, which is quite incredible how you got into not only the art school and in dance, but in the official troop of Egyptian Ministry of Youth. Mm -hmm. And you program... I have actually two questions. One general, like what, how was it? Because you actually progressed to become a coach and choreographer assistant there, not just as a participant at some point. But I'm also curious to ask, because we mentioned that in the dance class of the art school, you came to class and it was very easy for you. When you came to your first rehearsal class in the official troupe of Egyptian ministry, was it also easy for you <laughs> to pick up right away or was well, it a different level? Just, uh, I want to precise that I was in one of the troops related to the ministry of youth. It was in the main troop. That's oh. what came after. <laughs> because after, from all the, these troops, they make like, um, how I can say, like a national team. And that came after. <laughs> it wasn't in that part of the story. So the first part of the story, yeah, when I came to, to the troop, first rehearsal, I just want, I, I went to enjoy. And I wanted to be there. And it was during the summer. So my family would not say no. <laughs> As I was very young. <clears throat> so when I, the, the very first beginning, I loved everything. When you enter and you see, uh, I was the littlest member of uh, the troop. How old were you? I was around 11. Wow. 11 and something, summer of 11 to 12. Mm -hmm. And I was like very small, very little. And even the, the, the choreographer, he, he wasn't sure that I will, I will be side by side with the big uh, guys. So he let, I remember a situation, he let me one day with his son, he became my friend after. Uh, he let me with his son to give me the choreography mm -hmm. during three hours. And when he came back, I had already took, absorbed two and a half of, choreo of the choreographies of the troupe in three hours. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he aimed to have a, a very big hope of me. And then in one week, yeah, I, I get all the choreographies of the, of the troupe. And the problem became which costume I will wear. <laughs> because there is no costume my size. And he believed in me. So he, on, and every, every um, troop had, um, had some, how can I say, finance part came from the place we were in. But this finance part is already done. So he financed my costume personally to be done for me. And that's one of the things I would never forget. forget. So he created all costumes for all program just for this small dancer, little one, that he saw that he can be something with Lebanon. Well, I must say that you definitely had a good teachers who not only were passionate in what were you, they were doing, but had a good eye <laughs> because obviously it was uh, hopes for for good reason. And uh, today your career it's very impressive. Throughout your like life and your dance career, you worked with many different institutions in Egypt and outside of Egypt. Like this Ministry of Youth, we just like, you know, the very beginning was one of them, like the very first, but you had a lot, and not only in Egypt, outside. But I got very curious because you even studied contemporary dance in Cairo Opera House, you yes. worked in Egyptian National Theatre, but your bachelor degree, you chose to do history of uh, civilizations, of if I'm ancient. not mistaken, of uh, ancient and modern East. 
why choose history? Why not to go something with dance or acting in the well, theater? <laughs> as I told you, there is always the family side. Mm. So um, I wasn't I wasn't free most of the time for dance. And to be free to dance, I need to prove that my studies will never be affected. So it was another battle in, in the life, is to show that I can be both of them. And I can choose after. So after I finished high school and started to go to university, I was always good with my marks. I was never in a bad situation, never. Actually, opposite to it, I was in a very good, very good marks. And after high school, I went to university and I chose to, to go to a governmental university, which is ancient university, one of the hardest uh, known educational forms or universities in Cairo. So I went and my, my, my marks leads me to choose between commerce, literature, and I think something else, I don't know. But let's say between, uh, yeah, and low, study mm -hmm. low. So I choose literature and because I'm in love with languages. And I, was, I had a very good English, some knowledge of French, and I wanted to, but I went there to, to be a tourist guide. I wanted to choose to be a tourist guide because I love history and I love the, the, our ancient civilization. And so I applied first, to uh, to be a tourist guide in English, my English marks was very high, so everything was good. But the man told me, mm, "Your first choice is already four. What will be your second choice?" My second choice was the Department of Hebrew Language and History of Ancient Civilizations, and my third choice was the Archaeology section. So the three choices actually were in the same category, and the, the man told me, no, it's already four. Then I said, okay, where I am? He told me, you are in the second section, which is Hebrew language in the department of uh, ancient history, uh, ancient civilizations history. I said, okay, and then I, I get my life. Everything's okay. But when I went one day to before exams to sign for the exams, I found that my name is not in this section after one trimester. I say how? It have been three months I'm here <laughs> and I'm studying. And actually the man made a mistake. Because of my high English marks, I was being in the first. So I somehow I saw it like it's it's supposed to be like this. So I kept like this, and I was very happy to, to study and to get this. It's a double diploma because it's like a translator and history teacher at the same time. And thanks to this, I had an access to very big bibliotheque or library, which I used most of the time to make research for things. Mm. Yes. <laughs> wow, the first comment to add it's definitely what you said like everything that you had in your life like you know led you to the moment that you are here and it's so like completely like, you know you mentioned that you were uh, studying in history and language and you applied to be maybe in tourism industry and now you're organizing tours for dancers in Cairo like you know it all goes so well together yeah so uh, interesting <laughs> it's, it's what happens you know and then okay so I am um, I get, not directly, because from my second year, I start to, to grow up in, in dance more and more. I start to travel, I start to enter the, the theaters, making comedy musicals, attending some celebrations in Opera House, and working with most of the TV choreographers and cinema choreographers. And that's the, the way I came alone. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, and you mentioned that once you get access to the library, you start researching and you 
used a lot of time to dig research on dancing. Yes. <laughs> what was the um, main point, like the trying to research it on all origins of dance, or was it another subject you were interested on in general, like whatever you can? I spent a very long time trying to find one book who speak about dance, and I didn't find. But never give up. I used to. I want to know. I want to know many things, and so I start to search in in books some paragraphs about this. So I choose the travelers who visited Egypt in different times. Mm -hmm. And as I was in the university, so I was studying how to make a research and how to write a research and how to search as <laughs> in the beginning. So from these studies, I say if somebody will visit Egypt one day, he will speak about his experience. So I choose all the travelers, mm -hmm. starting from Aflatoon, Herodot, and till... So I start to follow, and then I can tell you in a book of a thousand page, or an encyclopedia of ten parts, you found three paragraphs. Until I found one of the main sources, which is description of Egypt. It's a book of ten parts have been written by the scientist which followed Napoleon to Egypt, which is but before very little information and after very little information. So all of these years I was just gathering information about Egypt its era and I was obliged somehow to for my studies to to be also in, in touch with this and my first research about in, in, in university I made it for art the art of ancient civilization once again as I mentioned like I know you were studying and collaborating and working with many different institutions and I think if you start going year by year like you know of every yeah. single one it will be like many many hours exactly. long. <laughs> but <laughs> let's uh, I, I just want because um, maybe I'm not asking something important but if you talk about the period of your life which was before you moved to France mm -hmm. is there anything else uh, back then what was really impactful and important for you that oh maybe maybe i'm not i don't know maybe i should ask a question about that period of your life or that project well, or that study <clears throat> whatever it was let's say that i i, I will be it's, it's opposite to my concepts if i say that one step was the most important so i say all the steps are important but i passed by my many things majoring the major things is that I faced two different um, faces of a coin of dance in Egypt, which is folklore and modern dance, or contemporary dance, or classic, or hip-hop, or whatever. So I was working in these two fields. And in Egypt, it's hard. Or you are a folkloric dancer, or you are this category of dancer. It's very little persons who arrive to have this mix together, and work here and work there. So I was the manager of a folkloric troupe of uh, a known artist called Hassan Sader. And on the other side, I was a part of uh, Tawassul Foundation of Arts, led by two choreographers who are my friends and colleagues for a long time, which their way was only in the modern way, Dia and Mohammed. So these two balances. I get to, in somehow, I get to know that there is difference between this and this, and each step give me really a good opportunity to to be in the Cairo Opera House and to dance in front of the pyramids. Mm -hmm. So imagine that you are dancing for the first time in Cairo Opera House, and next day you are dancing in front of the pyramids. This, this is also, if it's not impact your dance, it will impact your feeling. It's a historical places and it's magical places. Just go in front of the pyramids and do like this. Imagine to be dancing. 
just remember the history of the opera and the first one was burned and we had to build another one and the caves and 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 then you found yourself on this stage so everything needs hard work and I was a hard worker so I can't say that's one step but what I say is I consider everything as um, a good help and it's it just leads me to my way because at the end what I will continue with is my way in the way that I will create mm. and that was also so I can't say that some something was important than other when you moved to France uh, did you right away see your future career in dance or you had different plans? <laughs> well, <clears throat> so before moving or before this part of France, I was already arrived to have my little students here, let's say. So I my career was developing every month, not only every year. So I received groups teaching and I work as a dancer as well mm -hmm. and I had my troupe of um, Tanura because I'm a Tanura dancer as well and so I was working in, in this three fields and in Egypt to work as a dancer it's not easy <clears throat> you need to work a lot and more than a lot <laughs> sometimes so my life was like this and time by time I get to assist uh, in Nile Groove Festival in my very first beginning and actually after that I, I, I felt that I'm, I don't want to, um, to be in a festival, I want to be alone. <laughs> so I get to, when people come and see me and they ask me for classes, so I make the first class, the first class bring the second class, and the second class bring the third class, and the third class bring the big group. It's, it's like this. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was like this. And I, my, my career, I, it was going to go in the same way somehow, even if I didn't move to France. Mm -hmm. I see that it was, I think it was the result of what we come after. But somehow, it came to some my my wife, which I worked with her two years before any conflicts, and the third year it happens that we get together and somebody had to choose. So between the career I have been built for a long time, and and I had everything here, and between leaving everything and and go, so. Somehow I trusted myself. I said, okay, as I started once, second, third, I can start one more. So I left everything and I went to France. And it's supposed to be one month. <laughs> <laughs> you know, usually people talk about that when they go to Cairo. I'm just coming for one, two months to see what's going on. And exactly. then 10 years after, like, oh, I'm leaving the Yeah, <laughs> I stayed five years. <laughs> wow. And the same, almost the same when I arrived to France. I made my first workshop. It was the workshop. And it's, it's finished. Mm -hmm. Things going alone. I continue to do what I'm doing to create art, to create bands, to dream by dance. I'm not, I'm not a creator of bands, I'm a dreamer. And I love to be dreaming. I love to be just, to imagine bands and getting this imagination to reality. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to imagine something and you reach it on in the reality. Um, speaking of your current career, um, you are now also very, very known as a teacher uh, in uh, dance world and belly dance world. But not only of folklore styles, but also you teach Oriental or what's known like Raksharki or belly dance, like uh, people call. And, uh, your choreographies, they are so rich, so like elaborate, and I can only imagine how much work comes in any of them, in each of them. But I'm curious to ask, like, okay, from your 
experience as a kid, as a teenager, your studies, they were all focused on folklore and contemporary. There are many teachers, male teachers from Egypt, who their, their own studies were specialized more in folklore, or even performances, but then they teach Oriental and they teach beautifully. How does it happen? <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, we're, we're, like, I know, okay, of course, dance part of the, like, since childhood you see it around, but still, like, you know, it's, it's fascinating. <laughs> okay, it's, it's two, uh, well, it's three elements. The first element is that when you became a trainer or a coach or a choreographer, you need to think in the female mind. This mm -hmm. is the first step. Second step, a concept, which says, I can't teach something I can't do. Mm. Impossible to teach something that I can't do. Okay. Third is all what you mentioned before. The way to go through the family, the mothers, the grandmothers, that what your eyes registered during this life. Mm -hmm. And after these three elements, the conclusion, which is you. You work on yourself. Only on yourself. By the way, nobody taught me how to turn Tanura. I learned myself. Mm. And after I learned myself, I wrote down the way in each step, my experiment, and got it to a pedagogic part to teach it. So I was used to create the way and create the way to teach it. And from here, I worked on myself. I believe that I have a talent and I can't neglect it. But if I didn't work on this talent, it will disappear. So I created the way and I worked on the way to teach it. Because I am not, I will not get benefits when I when I enter the stage. I work as a main dancer, and I dance as a main dancer. But if I'm in the workshop and I have to give information, I have to give it in hundred percent way. So I work it in my way, and then I go the way to teach my way, and that's all. So it's you work on yourself. Nobody will came to teach you, and in Egypt there is no there is no dance schools. Especially in the old time. Yeah. I'm not very old, but <laughs> in this time, there is no dance schools. Or you are a dancer or not. We will take you and throw you in the field. Survive or not. Nobody will teach you. Nobody will say to you, no, this accent is like that. This happened in the festival, but not for the current local. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Different it's not about education. It's about surviving. It's about a very hard mind and very good mind at the same time. And it's about who are you, if you can make the difference or not. If I saw in that I can't make the difference, I will not go in this way. Well, I guess your family roots and family character was very helpful in this sense. Like, you know, like uh, yes. get strong and just go for it and uh, find a way to survive in this. Um, mass of art and, and not only survive but to bloom how long typically it takes you to put together one choreography i know it will be different and for di also choreography for different purpose but let's say it's a choreography for some workshop uh, and i'm asking this question not only of general curiosity or oh, how long each dancer like you know take a long time but it's really impressive how nuanced is your choreographies. And I'm pretty sure everyone who took every your workshops, they will realize it. Because even watching video of someone performing choreography, or you doing like folkloric dances, you see the video, you enjoy performance, but once you start trying to do it on your own body, like that sequence, you realize how many different elements. So it is very elaborate ones. Um, either you teaching like, technique and the combo, I assume the full choreography is the same. So if you're talking about, let's say, workshop, you're preparing a workshop, let's say narrow it to like uh, Raksharki Oriental style. Okay. How long on average, more or less, it will take you to come up with one choreography? Well, it can be several days and it can be one hour. Mm. 
because when I'm creating choreographies, I'm not creating only dance. I need to, I have to be <clears throat> merged with the music together. And not only dancing, it, it's to dance and to, to give a reason for, for my dance. As I, thought, as I said in the workshop, I never dance for free. I dance for a reason. So whatever the reason is, so I have to create my own reason, my own imagination, or according to the story of the music, or it's different when I'm, I'm the creator of the music because the story is already done. Mm -hmm. But if it's not my music, I just need to, to be in connection 100% with the music. And when I'm 100% connection with the music, and with my musical knowledge, I can play in all the lines. Get, give me a good ear that hears most of the lines of the music. Music is different lines. Mm -hmm. From bass to main to putty to solo. And my ear, thanks God, it's, it's natural. I can hear most of the lines of the music. So I can jump from a rhythm to a melody with one transition mm -hmm. and get back again to the main in, from one transition and that's what I was saying in the workshop transitions, body weight, this is two elements very important to combine technique I believe in combined technique uh, body weight and transitions yes mm. I believe in this combined subtile technique I believe in details that's why maybe my choreographies are yeah, definitely. It's uh, quite an experience and uh, I'm just referring because I knew about your work for a long time and to be honest, you're one of the artists that I always like, so many times even for my students I was saying like, oh go watch video of Karim God, like you know, it's inspirational to see but I never saw you live and I never had a chance somehow to take a workshop and then a few days ago, literally while we are recording this, uh, I was at your workshop and I was so impressed because the uh, the body pattern or the pattern of movements is quite unexpected but logical like you know and it's all these nuances it's not just hips it's always like head shoulders like it's all together what makes a figure eight being interesting figure eight not just figure eight you say you mentioned that for you to create choreographies you very often need to either come up with a story or follow the story of the music but you also produce music yes so is all the compositions that you usually teach or put on CDs, is it your compositions as a composer and author of the lyrics? Or do you collaborate also with other composers and other uh, poets to create lyrics? Well, this is degrees. The story starts from my first CD, Hekaya. Um, Hekaya was the first try that I put my work, my lyrics in, in the song. So I take a folkloric theme, so it's a very, very old song, Saidi, and I wrote the lyrics. And for the name agency, I, I choose some moments that I like, and then it was between me and the, the composer and the music engineer, Nader Zakari. So in Hikaya, I reproduced other songs, like for Abdul Halim and for Warda, and I give a try. After Hikaya, I get to, to see the feedback of the music. So, I wanted to present what I call the new vision of Mijansay. So, I wrote Sultana in the second scene. And from Sultana, all, most of the compositions are already done since a long time. Mm. They are with me from a long time. For example, there is a song in, in Sultana CD called Arust al -Bah. This Arust al-Bah, I wrote it, literally, the lyrics, when I was in the first year of the high school. Oh, wow! And I felt it's time to get it out. I wrote it and composed it. And I remember when I wrote it, I was singing this. So it's in, it's in my head, with the lyrics, with everything. I had a good memory, so I remember most of the things. I, and in that time, I was writing many things, almost every day. Write a poem, um, like four lines just to, to express something. 
when I see something I don't like, I write. When I see something I like, I like, I write. So the writing for me was was a way to express also myself. Mm -hmm. I like the paper and the pen. I like so much. It's so fascinating to hear the story how everything is interlaced again. Like from things that we are discussing of today, like from two days ago, let's say what happened, they go like back to your previous experience from literally since childhood, since uh, high school, like you know, like this uh, activity. And it's uh, so cool when to see when someone has so many different like passions and they're kind of like all over the place, but then they actually come together in one place and they get together very logically. It's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in Sultana, I, I decreased the number of music that I get from outside, like from Umm Kulthum or from Abdul Halim, and I present more of my compositions. Mm. So one of them was Sultana, which I didn't expect that Sultana will go that far. Mm -hmm. And in the last city, I said, it's time to make only my compositions. Mm -hmm. So in Sonia Afimas, one of them, the one we work with, and, and the whole city is my composition and my lyrics. Mm -hmm. Well, congratulations and, on the beautiful music. <laughs> yeah, and I had to mention that and in the last CD, I present the very first, in, in my productions, the very first classics, new classic songs. Mm. This is also a concept. I said, I'm not comparing that songs with the, the major, main, classic, beautiful songs of Abdel Halim and Abdel Wahab and Ali Hamdi and Nukutum and Warda, and the list is very long. But I said that if now we learned from this dictionary, we should produce something related to this school. So the very first song I, I wrote and composed called Yazalimni. And then I went to another, Nader, Nader Zakaria, one of the best music engineers that I, I work with, is very professional, very talented and very very good listener and he would do everything in the world to make you happy and comfortable <laughs> and he's very decent decent professional artist so i went to another i say look another we need to I, I want to present this song and he said to me Karim, no maybe it's not the good time maybe we discussed a lot but at the end he said to me, I trust you. So we sit together and I give the composition and the lyrics and I sang that song in the studio. And then um, another uh, dancer, Aida Bumulova, she, she heard the song and she loved So the song went to her, mm. finally. And this was the first, the very first try to make new classical songs. The second try was in my CD with Alimni Hawak, eight minutes song, mm -hmm. following this way. And the third try will be in Muhammad Shahi's CD next, I think he's already released. So what I want to say is, it was an idea. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is my idea and people believed in. And I hope people, so it's a way, a concept to think. If those people create, we can create. I have an interesting question at this point, because how do you define the genre of classical songs? Because when we usually talk, like, oh, what is classical songs in Arabic music? Usually people refer historically to those and these singers, so it becomes a list of singers. Yes. But we never really talk much about the concept of the style of classical song itself. So, since we're talking about now creating more songs, classical songs, how can, for someone who may not be familiar with, like, you know, music terminology or music, like, world, like, in terms of, like, theory and practice, but how you define classical song, if you're not referring to the list of, like, okay, this is the singers and composers who we say this is classical songs. <laughs> because this will lead us to history. Mm -hmm. Egypt, in general, living, and most of the Arabic world, living on the small heritage get after the Ottoman Empire. Mm 
So we had forms called Bashraf and Longa. These forms, playing forms and the singers do their best to change maqams and go there and go here and go. And the singer was the main, the voice. And not the music. The music is fixed. It's a longa. I will play it. And the singer... Certain structure. Structure. Mm -hmm. Until the very first try to compose was Sayyid Darwish. Mm -hmm. And that will lead us to speak about several types of music in that time. Dur, Aqtuqa, Amawa. Sayyid Darwish was one of the first who gave to the melody an importance. He tried to compose the melody. And when we speak about Mawal, Mawal was just a base of Maqam and the singer do what he wants. After Sayyid Darwish, there is the era of Muhammad Abdul Wahab, the musician of generations. And under this word, several lines. Why is he a musician of generation? Because he started with this kind of music, with Longa and Bashraf, passing by doors and all, and then he created the new way, the fastest way. In that time, Muhammad Abdul Wahab get the song from a very long one to shorter. Mm. So the development of music started to be here. Started to be, for example, when you say one word in, in the old time, yeah. Very long. He's sometimes he say no. You know what I mean? So it's it's just an example. It's not Muhammad Abdul Wahab, but it's just an example to tell you that how this long sentence became shorter and how we present music melody that presented the lyrics will came after. And this happens with Mukulsun as well. So we get to introductions, maqams that related to the lyrics, and very rich music composition. And not only Muhammad Abdul Wahab, we have Muhammad Al Mugi, we have Balikh Hamdi, we have Kamal Tawil, we have, and then Abdul Halim came with with the younger, with the younger new flavor. So we saw the fast songs, not the songs of Mukulsum. But Ah, okay. Because I was about to ask, like, is it literally about literal duration? Because Uncle song, like, we know, like, 40, 50, more than 60 minute songs, like, one song it goes. Uh, so is it actually about duration? It's a period of time. Or is it more about what's going inside, that the structurally... It's about an era. Okay. It's about an era. Inside this era, a lot of development that create this era. Like we speak about golden era of oriental dance. It's a golden era of oriental music, of Egyptian music. Because we took the music from nothing, and the singer is the main, to the music presenting something. So now we have a melody to listen. And then Abdel Halim came to, after Mukultum, very long songs. One night, one song. Abdel Halim came to make the short song, which is called the the, the young mm. flavor. So he made Al Adishu, he made Safini Marra, he made, which is very short songs, fast songs. And then another development came when Balikh Hamdi worked with the Mukulsum. So before the Mukulsum was with Muhammad Abdul Wahab, Riyadh Sambati, very oriental. And then Balikh Hamdi was a young composer. So he came to add Al Filila He came to add it. Another feeling, and when he worked with Abdel Halim, he added the popular touch, like um, the songs who hold this popular touch in a classical way. So when we say classic, because it's it's old, yes, but it's a um, it's it's a dictionary. If you follow the development of the music, starting from Said Darwish until. The end of the 70s with all of this main, beautiful, amazing artists. And there is a lot to say in this. Not only on Mokantum, not only on Abdel Halim, not only Abdel Wahab. The composers inside. Muhammad Fawzi. 
one of the most professional artistic talented composers and singers in, in the Arabic world. Muhammad Fawzi is a very important name. So when we follow this era, we follow in a dictionary full from A to Z about development, about using maqams, using rhythms, combining rhythms, and we will not forget the poets who wrote the lyrics for this. So that's why we say from Sayyid Darwish to 70s and end of the 70s, there is an era to to be learned. Mm. It's a dictionary to, to came to. And we will see after the changement of music, now we have the pop. So that's why we call it classical because it's back, but inside this classical, there is a feeling that we don't find today. We will not find today um, a song like Al Fililawli. So that's why, not, and I'm repeating, not to do the same or to compare me or us with this big um, and, and major persons and talent, but to try to make a feeling of, of what we learned from them. So that's why. Wow, that's very exciting and very interesting, you know, like the concept and idea of continuing that genre of music, that structure, that dictionary, you know, to borrow inspiration and uh, vocabulary from that dictionary and put in some new songs up. So. And otherwise, the, the oriental film need, need new, new wind <laughs> to breathe it. Before we kind of slowly come in to summarize our conversation, uh, I would love to ask you about uh, What's your current projects? Maybe something inspires or motivates you, you're really passionate about. I know you have tours also that you organize yourself um, to Cairo and to Egypt, and one is upcoming, and you're doing it for 18 years already? For 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Ten. Well, it's still a long time. <laughs> uh, a long time. So, um, if you don't mind sharing information about this upcoming tour or whichever next tour people can be joining or is there any other project that you would like to share and let dancers know about? <laughs> well, um, I'm planning for two new albums, not only one. Wow. So this is one of the projects uh, I, I will be working on plus the trip to Cairo and we had a night cruise this wow. year. Otherwise, in 2015, we had a very big comedy musical show in Paris called Rami and Julieta. And it's in the discussion now. Uh, since 2015, I wrote several shows. So maybe one of them will go to, to the light in the next, uh, in the next upcoming year or two years. So yeah, that's, so it's always like this music dance shows and the trips, all around dance. And maybe there's another project, but we don't, we never know. And for your uh, tour, upcoming tour, what are the exact dates, uh, if you remember by heart? And uh, is it still available any spots for people to join? Or is it full already? <laughs> I don't know about the capacity of, uh, of the spots, but... Uh, Next, my next stop will be in Korea, in South Korea, and the stop after will be in Palmanova. And then I will have my vacation, <laughs> and then I will have my China tour in September, October, Hong Kong in the October, Egypt. And in Egypt specifically, it will be in fall, right? In in fall, like I think October. In October, yes. October. So I will take September, October in between China and Hong Kong and then back the last week to Egypt. And for your own tours that you organize to Egypt, is it usually in October? So if people, let's say, miss the spot already this October, should they plan and think about next year also like around October? That's yeah, around October, most, October most of the time. I w Before I was doing it in April, but according to Ramadan stuff, some changement of the calendar, so yeah, we, I... We moved it to October, which is vacation in France too. Mm -hmm. And where is the best uh, way for people to find more information, to 
um, maybe contact for registration or just to follow your activities like do you have I don't know favorite social media or you just put on well, the website I'm, I'm <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram and then most of the information is on my company our company website belmasri.com and that's all okay. <laughs> well, I will include links in the show notes so for people it will be easy to find in one click everything I just wanted to know maybe you have special preferences you know which social media is the best to follow anything like that I can say between Facebook and Instagram awesome. Uh, and before I ask the final question, I once again want to thank you for taking time and sharing. I learned so much already from this conversation. There was quite a lot of surprises that I didn't know about the story. So thank you for sharing, you know, like behind the scenes, things that we don't really know what gets into the work that we see on stage or the workshop. So I really appreciate. Uh, thank you so much for sharing this. <laughs> thanks to you. Thanks for this invitation. I really appreciate it a lot. And... I really didn't feel the time. Yeah, I have no even idea what I the time. I just see dancers passing by. Like, I think it's time for some, for us slowly closing up. But before I let you go and rest, <laughs> I have one more question because we have one traditional question which I ask every single guest at okay. the end, regardless of what we talk. We partially talked about that, mm-hmm. but I think it will it still be a very nice way to kind of summarize and get more straightforward on this one. So the question is, what makes you fall in love with uh, Egyptian dance, Oriental dance, folkloric dance, dance in general? Take it this part, take personal, how you want to interpret. But what makes you fall in love with it again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? Okay. From the story or the summary of the story I, I already told, I, I stay one time with myself thinking about this question. Because, and I see that dance, I can combine everything I love. I can combine music, theater, poetry, and dance together in dance. So that's why I even painting for decoration, many things. So I need to, ch- not to choose dance, as I say, dance, choose me, and I found inside dance what I can do the best in my life. That's why I keep going in this. And the, the day I will stop to dream dancing, I will stop dancing. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.